typically hazardous. Welcome to this episode of Writing Your Life Story. My name is Hank Fortner, and I am standing in a hotel room in Houston, Texas, because while I am delivering podcasts to you from the interweb, or you are downloading them on your phones or Stitcher or whatever you're using, I am on tour with Demi Lovato and Nick Jonas hosting a thing called Cast On Tour. Would love for you to check it out. It's called hashtag Cast On Tour. And I'm in a different city every day, practically. Yesterday, we were in Nashville for six hours, and now we're in Houston for a day off of creating content and shooting and doing tons of stuff. And then tomorrow is our show, and then we'll be in San Antonio. Lots of fun adventures. But as a part of those adventures, what I've found a way to do somehow by the stroke of the gods of travel and airlines and schedules is I've still found a way to do a live, typically hazardous podcast recording every month. I can't believe we're on our ninth one. We just hit September and lo and behold, we have two more left this year. I still totally can't believe we've done this every month. So we have October coming up and I want you to know about it. It's October 3rd. It's going to be awesome. We have two more. So we're going to go all out and we're going to pull out all the stops for October and then again for December. November, we will not be doing one a typically hazardous live recording because I will be putting all of our energies and efforts. And if you want to come to anything, please come to the Baby Ball November 11th. It's going to be the hottest, raddest, most amazing uh, event of the year. And so we're going to do that instead in lieu of a typically hazardous live recording. So we have October 3rd coming up. Bootleg Theater, it's our last stop at the bootleg. Really, really loved our time there where we gather with an awesome room of people and we talk through some really cool stuff. So hope you join us October 3rd. Um, Second thing I want to let you know about is that you can join us via email, which you'll get information on what's going on, what we have cooked up for you for the last quarter of this year, as well as for 2017. I don't want you to miss. For now, mostly it's just monthly updates on when the podcast is and then an update on where it is, but some cool stuff we have kind of sketched out that I don't want you to miss. So if you just text 66866 and text the name Hank to that number, you'll be prompted to join our email list and you can keep in touch and not miss a single thing. I've been really bad at Instagram and Twitter and all that kind of stuff, so my main form of communicating important things is through that email list, so please check it out. Another thing I wanna let you know about is that this conversation, writing your life story, is very much a talk meets a facilitation or exercises. So as you're going through this talk and as you're listening, What I would love for you to do is at any moment, if you're listening to it in a group of people, hit pause, have the conversation. If you're driving by yourself, hit pause and just start to reflect on some of these things. This conversation is less of a talk and more of an opportunity to actually reflect and engage as an exercise. So my request to you as you listen, because I know the transformative power of some of these exercises, my request for you as you listen is not just take it at a surface level and just think through some of these things, but pick the one that's most inspiring to you and really dive into some of these exercises as we look at a practice that has had a profound impact on my life, not only this month and this year, but has an extraordinary impact on my life every day that I embrace it and lean into it. And I wanna invite you to listen to this episode as we look at how to write our life story. Enjoy. You ever wonder what your life would be like? What will you wish you would have done? Get after it already. What's life without a little adventure? We get one chance. Best live a big life. The exploration of the unknown. A hope for something more. This behavior can be classified as typically hazardous. I call it an adventure. Welcome. Let's get started, shall we? Hello, everybody. Welcome. Good to see you guys. Uh, If we have not met yet before, my name is Hank, and it's good to see you here. Is everybody happy to be here? Amazing. Glad to have you guys. Happy Labor Day weekend. I think it's still the weekend. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's still Labor Day weekend. I was like, as I was driving in LA, I was like, there's not enough people. There's, it's still the weekend. Uh, Well, I'm glad you guys are here. Thank you so much for being a part of this, and thank you so much for being present. 
the people who are listening from around the world, we are uh, in the Bootleg Theater in Los Angeles among a, a room of beautiful human beings, and so we're glad to be here. Uh, a couple of things that I'm going to let you know about before we dive uh, deeper and get started on some more stuff is a couple of things you need to know, a couple of things we need to know, uh, not the least of which is that, um, for sure, we are doing another one of these here in this place on October the 3rd. So October 3rd. So mark your cows. We'll be here at October 3rd, which we're really excited about. So one month. And can you believe this is our ninth one? Like nine in a row. We just have not stopped. Ninth in a row. Uh, secondly, the other thing that, to know about is that if you are not on our email list, you don't get our emails that are sent very infrequently, um, you can text uh, the name Hank to 66866 and you can get some more information and you'll get information on what's happening and what's upcoming and some cool stuff that we have brewing for the last quarter. It is the first day of Q4. Anybody pumped about that? Some people are like, okay, all right. Some, some of you are like, what's Q4? I don't even care. Yeah, so uh, it's the first day of the last quarter of the year. So you have three months to change your life. This is really, this is really it until you get to the end of the year. Uh, tonight, what I hope we have a conversation about is I hope we have a conversation about your life and my life and how that might change and how that might shift and how tonight we could take the reins of what's happening to us in this life and what, what we are happening to in this life. You guys down with me for that? Yeah. So we're going to go through something that came to me that I've been doing as a life practice, but there was a, a conversation that I had with a woman named Carrie who's actually here tonight. I don't know where she is. I think I've seen her face somewhere. Uh, she's over there in the darkness. And she uh, came, came and we started having a conversation because we're both in the process of writing books. She's written like nine and won awards and all this kind of stuff. So don't, we're not in the same place. You know what I'm saying? You know when someone does the same thing and you're not peers? Like some of you are actors and you're like successful and you've done that and won awards. And there's other people who are like, oh, I have a headshot, right? And then you're like <laughs> not the same person. Do you know what I mean? So I'm the headshot, headshot toting like newbie. And she's like writes books and does that for a living. And I said, what's hard about what you're doing is you're writing a fiction book, which means anything can change. I'm writing a nonfiction book, which means I'm just trying to get every single reader to a point, and I'm using anything in the universe that I can to get people to that point. And then I, and she goes, yeah, yeah, because you could decide that that person's gonna die or make that person a woman, or you can have a dragon fly in, and all of a sudden there's a vampire. Like, there's so many things you could do as a fiction writer that as a nonfiction writer, you just don't change that really about things. And then I started, I walked away, and as I started thinking, I go, oh no. This is what I do about my life, is I think sometimes that somehow I'm just pulling some resources ending in the same point because my life or my situations or relationships that I'm on are on a trajectory, and I don't realize that I actually have way more creative authority for my life than I even think about. That in my life, in what I'm doing, in relationships that I have, business partnerships that I'm in, jobs that I have, things that I'm in, I tend to futuristically go, well, I'm just going to going to that point. So now I can, I guess I could change a few pieces of the landscape, but really I'm going to end up there no matter what. Without realizing that actually I have full creative authority on what happens in my life. You and I are actually capable of changing the trajectory of our lives. And most of the time, we're only aware that that's happening to a person when they completely just absolutely collapse their life. Have you ever known those people? Where they just absolutely, they pull a pin on a hand grenade in their living room and just sort of let go. And you're like, why did you do this in your life? But what's weird is that that person actually has an extraordinary understanding that what they're capable of doing is reshifting the entire trajectory of their life. And sometimes that comes out of helplessness. It's the only way they knew how to do it was to make it bad. Instead of realizing that we actually have so much creative authority for what's happening in our marriages, for what's happening in relationships. How many of you are in a dysfunctional relationship right now? Like you know that this relationship, friendship, work-wise, relationship of any kind, that's a dysfunctional relationship by a show of hands. Okay, like six of us that are honest. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> We're, we actually have, in their minds, that trajectory of that becomes like just the future, when in reality, we actually have control of that. So here's what I'd love to do. Tonight, what I want you to do is we are going to um, take control of writing our life story. Would you be up for that? We're going to actually physically take control of that. So that means you're going to need your phones, you're going to need pieces of paper, you're going to need things to do, and you're going to need to talk to your neighbor. If you're here and you're like, I don't talk to strangers, that's not part of what I do, then find a person in this room you like and sit next to them, because we're going to be doing this three different times, Okay. And here's what we're going to do. We're gonna actually going to embrace a couple of different laws. So laws of writing your story. These are, these are two laws that are essential. We're not going to embark on the chapters of our life until we have embraced the laws of writing our story. Number one law, 
you already have everything you need. The temptation when we're writing things about our stories, we're like, oh, well, if I can write the story, then I have like a great aunt I don't know about who dies, may she rest in peace, and leaves me $11 million and makes my life easier. Or we say, oh, if I could write the story, then what I would write is I would write that this boss that, ha- that I hate and he sucks, he would have like some great opportunity or great collapse of his life and he would disappear and then I would have his job. Or we tell ourselves that somehow these things in our life, something would come in and make it easier for us. The first law is that you already have everything you need. It's within your reach. It's within our grasp. The sucker's choice, the victim's choice is if I had more than I could X. If I just had this, then I could get there. We already have everything you need is law number one. Say that with me. We already have everything we need. Number law number two is you are more powerful than you realize. What I realize about my life is that so many areas of my life, I've been a passenger. I have been a person who I have been passive and that was perceived as being obedient, that was perceived as being sacrificial, that was perceived as being kind, that was perceived, I think in my passivity, that was perceived as being um, a person who was easy to get along with, ever have those titles. And I've been madly passive in my life and due to that passivity, what I have not done is embrace the power that I have for certain relationships, certain futures, certain things that I've done in my life. I haven't realized that I've actually had the power to change certain things, I've just sort of gone along with it. So the first two laws is you already have everything you need. And number two, you are more powerful than you realize. In any scenario right now that makes you feel helpless, you actually have more powerful than, you, you have more power than you can fathom. And that's what we're gonna go on today. Is everybody good with that? So we're gonna write our life stories. Who's excited? Now this means that as writing your life story, this is not memoir style where you write back and you look back on some bad divorce that you had or drug habit that you went through or things that you went through in the past. That will be a part of your story. I'm talking about writing your life story. The right now, the is, the here, the now, and the future of what will be that the capacity that we would have by the time you leave today is that you go, I have everything I need and I already know how powerful I am in this scenario and my future and the vision of what I will do with my future is vivid to me and I'm in control of those things. I'm not a passenger in this life. The things that I resent about myself are my passivity. I resent that sometimes I chose careers or took jobs or went to places because I was in a place where I couldn't describe what I wanted in my life. I was in an environment and raised in an environment where some of you may know this, we had 36 foster kids while I grew up. So if you can imagine my living room, I want you to imagine my brothers and sisters and my mom and dad, and then I want you to imagine a little girl on an oxygen tank with a feeding tube. And one of us had to be almost constantly near her. And then I want you to imagine a little boy who's running into the walls, his name was Ricky. He would run into the walls when he got upset and throw himself into this brick wall that we had. So someone needs to kind of have their hands on Ricky, if you can imagine that you just sort of need to be around Ricky that, so that he doesn't knock himself unconscious again. Then we imagine that you have like those two characters might interchange, but there's always something. So as a kid, me articulating something that I wanted was perceived in my mind as something insanely selfish. So I learned this weird skill where I just stuffed anything that I actually wanted and hoped I could get it while no one was looking. And then I just said, whatever the world needs or whatever people need of me, then that's fine. And I became a very, very helpful young man. Anybody, was, anybody here was a helpful young man? You just became a very helpful person. But I never had a real clear articulation of what I was wanting in my life because I just had to get rid of it. And then if I could find it where no one was watching. So at a very young age, I started stealing. My mom caught me stealing and I think I was seven or eight years old because I found this change dispenser that, you know those change dispensers that guys at toll roads would would wear way back in the day? And every now and then you see like some vintage dude who's still holding on. My grandfather had one of those on his desk and I thought if you pushed a button, a quarter came out. I was like, this is magical. So I would just take a couple quarters every now and then. Well, he would refill it thinking, where are all my quarters? So I just thought this was... This was just the quarter dispenser that never emptied. So every day I would walk up there and go, oh, I gotta run up to the restroom. And then I would walk by his office, I would hit the quarter dispenser a few times, put it in my pocket. Eventually I'd stolen somewhere near $37. My mom, which to a seven-year-old is a billion dollars, okay? My mom starts to realize this. My mom takes me and tells me that I have to pay back sevenfold and she drives me right over to my grandfather, embarrasses me, I'm screaming, I'm crying, I'm pouring out all these quarters. I wasn't even spending money. I don't know what I was gonna do with them. But I learned very clearly that if there was something that I wanted, I had to get it when no one was looking. So the problem that I had, the story that I have deep in my mind is that I'm not really sure what I want in life. 
And it's been really, really awkward for me to tell people that and really, really awkward. And people have always had a sense that I wanted something that I wasn't getting, but I couldn't articulate it to them. Or had this weird sense that somehow I was gonna get something that I wanted along the way. And it's like, if something good happened to me, be like, you didn't tell us that that's what you wanted. Did you get that on the side? It felt like I was pulling one over on somebody. All because I didn't feel this full license to just say, hey, this is something in my life that I want and I'm gonna articulate it really clearly. So tonight, we are gonna embrace the spirituality of desire and all of us in this room, we're gonna write down the list of things in our life that we want. That starts with, here are the chapters in my life I want. So we, you might describe, and I want you to make a list of these while you're talking to your neighbor. This is not one of those lonely, I'm gonna do it to the sound of music soundtrack and I'm just sort of write a list. I want you to do that afterwards. But here, since you're in a room of human beings and I'm looking around and seeing faces, you're wonderful, amazing human beings. So you're gonna to talk to those human beings. Here's what I want, groups of three, and in groups of three, I want you to do this. I want you to go one at a time. So in groups of three, I want you to start and you would go, I want a chapter about falling in love. And then the next person goes, I want a chapter about raising children. Another person go, I want a chapter about making a million dollars. The next person go, I want a chapter about how I sold my first film. Next person goes, I want a chapter about, and you just keep going one at a time and you just keep going in a circle until you have a really big, long, beautiful list. That, does that make sense? Reed's gonna turn on some music. I'm gonna turn you to, to each other. And then I'm gonna ask somebody to volunteer. So think about like, if you got a great list, we wanna hear it. Give us your chapters. Ready, set, go. Groups of three. Now, as you're driving in your car, as you're listening to this, in the room there at the bootleg, we had a really cool opportunity to have this conversation. And what I'd love for you to do as you hear these people having this conversation, if you're by yourself, make some mental notes. What are the chapters in your life that you want? What are the chapters in your life that you want to have in your life? What do you want? Maybe you can make a list of them or jot them down or even pull over and write them in on your phone. A list of the chapters that you want. Take a few minutes to write those things down. And then we'll continue. Okay, ready, ready. Okay, just by a show of hands, did anyone struggle with making a list of here are the chapters in my life that I want just by a show of hands? Wow, wow, that's like way more than I thought. Did anybody struggle with like you were making a list and you're like, you had this moment where you're sort of like blank space, like what actually do I want? Anybody have that like feeling? Where you sort of, sort of start to pay attention to like, that gap of, oh, I've just been responding or I've been in there, then you're my people. So we, now I know why we get each other, okay? Here's what I want to do is I want to have a, a, a person that I'm going to have just share her list, and then I'll ask one or two other people to kind of share that list as well so we can make this an, an us. And the person that I asked to share first, this is our calibration share, is my lovely wife, Sue Ann Cho Fortner. Could we give it up for Sue Ann? And I'm about to learn a lot of things right now about what Sue Ann wants in her life. I know, I feel so bad because I'm supposed to be like the calibrate. I, 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 I knew in advance, but I, I don't. This is so weird. Do you want to come into, should, we, should, you, should you step into the light? I feel like you're in the darkness. I think everyone yeah, yeah. can Just see come me. into the light. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. A, not a video recording. Perfect. Okay, my list. Should I just like the chapters? Yeah, just give us yeah. the chapters. Okay. And then here's what I want. As you give us the chapters, and then it's going to be for all of us, and so you're going, to, you're going to be our test case for this. As we get the chapters for what you're sharing, I want to embrace one singular chapter that you go, this is the one that my commitment after I leave this room is I'm going to actually physically write that chapter. So I don't mean this as like a fun exercise and then you're going to leave and be like, I made a list of things I want. But I mean you're going to actually leave and go, I'm going to write the chapter. For, for Sue Ann, I want you to go, give us the list of all your chapters and then give us the one that you go, this is the one I'm going to write when I leave this building. Like actually write out. Actually write it, yeah. Great. <laughs> okay, and it's like present, future. Present, future, yeah, like, yeah. Not like... Yeah, when totally. I'm 80, but like right no, now. No, yeah, you're going to yeah, write it like right now about your life now and about your life going forward. I know, this shouldn't be that complicated. Here we it's go. Not, okay. but, it's, but I started with my most skeptical audience participant, so that's I, really I don't fantastic. even know that any of this works. Okay. Um, uh, be an awesome mom. Awesome. That, that's the chapter. Okay? Chapter. Okay. Um, have a marriage that's dynamic and thriving and just still in love and we're like old and... Yep. In a nursing home together. Done. Done. And, ha and have Alzheimer's. Okay. Um, uh, 
I uh, what did I, I, I oh I, I want to be like I want a chapter about like how is this awesome powerful woman you know awesome. I don't even yeah. know what that means but just that yeah awesome um, I want a chapter about the meaning of my work something with work that it's mm-hmm. fulfilling um, expansive influential um, impactful around my work mm-hmm. um, and then I'd love a chapter about um, or I want a chapter about uh, friendships and relationships that matter that that last that are um, evolving that new friendships are made great awesome just so which now which Range chapter Rover. a Range Rover yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I know I've, yeah, I've, we've talked about the Range Rover for like sure. 10 years so what what the Lexus will have to do for now. What is uh, the chapter you're going to walk out of this room and go and write and make? Yeah, okay. So this one is going to be um, how I found my people again at 39, almost 40. Awesome. Because I'm in a season of transition, and I always always imagined that once you were a mom and almost 40, you like already had your friends and you weren't in the season of making friends. But in this season of friends moving and transitioning and some friendships distancing because of that, I'm kind of looking for friends again. (laughs) So that feels awkward and also unexpected, but also necessary and a chapter I want in my story. So I'll write that one. Awesome. Give it up for Sue Ann. Can we thank Sue Ann? Let's see. So can you see the difference of what it would be of something that you want and then you can passively want that and hope the universe brings it to you. Or you can say, I'm going to sit down and physically write the chapter that says how I developed my people as a 39-year-old mother who didn't have an extraordinary amount of free time. And then you start to piece together that stuff. This is what I want you to do is I want you to take a list, choose the chapter, circle the one, highlight it, bold it, whatever, that you go, this is the one I'm going to write right now. The one I'm physically writing right now to say this is the deal. And I've been doing this and it's had an extraordinary effect on my brain. Because you might sit here and go, well, if I knew this stuff, I would already do it. But what you do neurologically when you actually write a thing like this about your life is that you take your subjective situation and how you feel about it and you pull yourself out of it and you start to actually see it for what it is and you start to see the future of it and the objective realities of it and you're capable of seeing things about yourself you couldn't see when you're just feeling it and seeing it. You start putting it on paper, you do what my dear friend and coach Anna Lucia describes as taking a vision or a dream. The minute you put it, you write it down, it becomes a blueprint. We are actually, as human beings, incapable of holding dreams and theories and ideas just in our brain and sort of hopes. The, there's, the Psalms have a word that the hope deferred makes the heart sick. Have you heard those phrase? What that means is that you can hope for things and just hope these things come to us. But in reality, when we actually function as we are the author of getting to those things, and we're going to get to them in ways that you already have whatever you need to get there. It's already there. You wouldn't want it if there wasn't material somehow in your soul, in your talent, in your life, or in your relationships that could get to that place. You wouldn't have that desire. You wouldn't have that want. It's rare that people have something that's so far outside themselves they couldn't get there with the right amount of effort, talent, planning, and work. So it's about leaning into those things. So for me, my lean in, my things, I'm going to write, I'm writing, currently writing a piece called How I Wrote a New York Times Bestseller. I'm writing a chapter called that, right? That might take me 11 books, Right? But I'm going to write, I'm writing a chapter right now about how I wrote a New York Times bestseller. That's way different than writing a thing and then sitting on it and going, geez, I hope people read it. I hope it makes a list. I'm going to, I'm writing out my future. I'm authoring a thing in my life that I want. I have this very weird thing about wanting a million dollars. Ever since I was a little kid, I've always thought like, I just want a million dollars. So I'm writing a chapter called how I made my first million dollars. Because I, I and, and I know people are like, oh man, that's just so materialistic and so, so whatever. Yeah, I want my million dollars. And then when I have a million dollars, I'm going to buy you lunch and apologize for having it. But here's the thing. It's like, I'm just writing it out going, yeah, here's how I got there. I'm not going to hope this happens somewhere in my life. I just realize how passive I've been about it once, either because I felt I was shamed for them. And in a context where I grew up, I was actually shamed for saying things that I wanted and we as like a culture and as a society, and I know LA might be slightly different than this, we actually push against people who say they want big things. We rarely cheer for them unless they're the underdogs and they like these things. 
But I think what we need is we need at least some quiet places, some people who commit with us to go, I'm gonna, we're gonna get to the places and to the chapters in your life you want. So I've been writing a chapter called Cora's 16th birthday. The things I wanna do with her when her 16th birthday. And I'm writing out all the ways I want us to relate to each other and the adventures that we've been on and the things that we've done. So when she turned 16, I didn't drift into her 16th year of life. I said, this was my, I'm gonna take her on adventures. And you know what I realized is that she's a rule follower who has never, I realized this, she's never run in a creek before. Not crazy, but kids. I grew up in a place where kids, they run in creeks. So you know what we're gonna do when I get back from tour, cause I'm still on tour. I came back just for you guys and my family. But uh, the other reason is I came back for you guys. We're gonna go to that crazy place where the LA River goes through uh, Los Feliz. You know that spot where there's the trees and the people are fishing and uh, they're fishing for radioactive fish. What it turns out is that that water is actually one stage below drinking water. So in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna, wa- I'm gonna, I'm gonna show my daughter how you run in creeks, how you do little adventures, how you just go like, I don't know. And my wife is like, we're gonna Purell her afterwards, which is fine, I love Purell, you guys know me. So, but those are things that I just wanna engage and embrace. So here's what I want you to do is I want you to highlight one of those things. I want you to go, this is the chapter that I'm going to write, that you would embrace it and go, I'm gonna write the story of how I fell in love. Is anybody here looking for love? You're like, I can't wait to fall in love, just by show of hands. I want you guys to spot each other. Just look around and see each other. Where you go, I, this is the story of how I fell in love. These are the things that I did and the places I went. I, I, this is the embracing the things in your life that you want and about articulating how you're gonna achieve it and get it and what sacrifices you'll make and people you reach out to because you already have everything that you need and you are more powerful than you realize to achieve them. The second thing, is that there's another, a whole other category. Sometimes we can make lists of things that we want, but has anyone ever had a chapter in your life that you did not want? A chapter in your life came into your life that you did not want, just by a show of hands, just so we know we're all on the same page. I had chapters have come in my life that I just don't want. I had a chapter that came into my life called a ringing in my head that brought me to near suicidal thoughts, that it just rang and rang and rang and rang and rang and I couldn't turn it off. And you know what's crazy is that when these chapters in your life come to you, you have, we oftentimes perceive them as things that are happening to us and we turn off that active, I'm writing this experience brain. But the problem that happens is that then we, come, we become really active about things that we want, assuming that's happening in our life, and then we become really passive about things that are happening to us. So in this room, my guess is there are some of you who have been cheated on. There are some of you who have had a loved one die. There's some of you who have been betrayed in this room. There's some of you, like me, you had a health thing that brought you, had you buckling into your knees. But what I realize about my life and what I've embraced that I was actually taught by that Matt Damon movie, The Martian. It was actually a book before it was a, before it was a comedy somehow. Um, we'll talk about that with the, the, with the Academy. But there's a, there's a way in which that book had a huge effect on my life. When the ringing in my head started, I had this overwhelming sort of weakness again. If I've been passive about my wants, what I've been really passive about in my life is the chapters in my life I didn't want. The chapters in my life that sort of popped up and, and were there. Right now in this room, there's some of us who just have chapters we didn't want. When I got that chapter, I started downloading books because the only thing that I could do to calm my anxiety was read. So I read about 11 books in a, in a 30-day period. Huge, long novels. One of them was this book called The Martian. And the character in The Martian, if you don't know the story, is there's a manned mission to Mars and they leave thinking that he's dead and he's actually alive. And so he's on his, on his own on Mars for hundreds of souls, they call them, which would be hundreds and hundreds of days. That's what they're called on Mars. I can't wait till we all go together. But for hundreds of days, he's on Mars by himself. And instead of passively waiting for rescue or hoping they turn around or figuring out, he has this line in the book that has messed with me since I read those words that laying on a beach in Hawaii, reading these words with ringing in my ear, fearing that I'd never be normal again, I read these words and I just started to weep. The words, as he said, he was standing there in the midst of it, he realized that rescue was years away and he said, I'm gonna science the shit out of this thing. And I just, I read that and I read it again and I just started to cry. Because I thought how passive I've been thinking something's now happened to my brain and something's, and here's this guy who's stuck on Mars. This fictional character is teaching me that he's gonna take control of it and he's gonna find a way to make science his wingman and he's gonna figure out how to live. 
It's not gonna be about waiting for rescue or hoping he gets healed or hoping he gets found. He's just gonna figure it out. So Sue Ann can tell you, I turned into a little scientist in the house. I had different elements of what the physical ear looked like, what happens, where it goes. I went to 11 or 12 different doctors. I went to weird people who like, who like do energy work with their hands and never actually touch you. And you're like, what is really going on? And then you fall asleep and have weird dreams. Like, so something about it is happening. Just bizarre things. And I tried everything, 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 everything. And until I could find a combination of things that work in my brain so that I can stand here today and say, I don't have dark thoughts. I don't have crazy thoughts. And when it happens, I just go, oh, I got to turn on my science buttons again because I pulled all the levers I possibly could. I started writing a chapter called In My Life. And I have notes and notes of this. How I survived tinnitus and how you can too. I have pages and pages of it. I want to create a website someday of people where I can just look them in the face and just go, this is, you're going to be okay. I've had a, I had a, uh, I hung out with a friend today who has it and I just, I was giving him everything that I could going, this is it. And you know what's nuts? Is sometimes when you write those things and put them out into the world, they have that effect on people. I had a friend who had this, um, he had a shot and it affected his sciatica. And he has chronic back spasms and pain ever since he had that one shot in his butt. An overwhelming sense to the point where he's thought of terminating himself. He's had like dark, dark thoughts and tons of pain. And I said, yeah, you know, I sat with him. And I said, you know what's crazy is there's this book, The Martian. And in the book, The Martian, there was this guy. And you know what he said? And he looked, leaned over the table to me and he goes, I know exactly the line you're talking about. (laughs) That there's this sense that we can take control of the chapters in our life we don't want. So here's what I want to do. You're gonna turn to your neighbors. Reed's gonna turn on more music. And I want everybody to share just one chapter in their life that you go, I have a chapter in my life right now. I have a chapter in my life right now I don't want. But I want you to state it as the chapter you don't want. And then I want you to restate it as the chapter you are writing for how you will survive, thrive, and emerge from it stronger than you were there. So you could be writing a chapter going, I'm broke. And now, now I, and you could say, that's the chapter I didn't want. And no one really hopes for that chapter. But I want you to describe to your group of three that I'm, you're writing a chapter called How I Made My First Million Dollars Starting From Being Broke. I want you to describe what that journey and that process looks like. How you emerged after being betrayed. How you emerged after a marriage that seemed to dissolve right in front of you. How you stepped out of your own depression and moved into a healthy space. I want you to describe what those chapters are that you are now going to take on and write. Not to let them write you in your life, but that you would go, these are, I'm going to put my, my name is on the byline here. I'm going to write how I moved forward and how I did it. Turn to your neighbors, groups of three. Do, and just one each. You don't have to like go, like we don't have to go all the way there. Do you know what I'm saying? We can do, we can do that. We can do that in, 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 at dinner afterwards. But uh, Reed's going to turn on some music. Just one each person. What's the chapter and what's the name of the chapter you'll write? Ready, set, go. Now, as the room is able to discuss and act, as you as our podcast listening, and I love you, all of you, Europeans, Asians, Australians, North Americans, uh, listen intently to this conversation. But uh, take a moment. If you can pull over, just like the last set of exercises, And if you can take a moment as the room discusses, but as you go, and maybe there's someone else in the car and you can discuss this together, is what are the chapters in your life you did not want that came into your life that you have them, and how can you write them in a way that puts you in the driver's seat, makes you the author of that chapter you didn't want, where you didn't want the title of it, but you're sure going to take on the content of it. Write a few of those things down, and then we'll continue. Okay. All right. How many of you in the room found that easier than writing the things you wanted? Just by a show of hands. Okay, a few of us. All right, I've asked a friend of ours who's here in this room to share his uh, chapters I didn't want in my life category. And then I'll ask you, I meant to ask you in the first round, I'll ask anybody here who maybe want to share, hey, this is a chapter or two that I didn't want in my life. And what's the name of the chapter that then you'll be writing? So, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for our friend Nick Kokus in the room. Uh, thanks. How much time do I have? Uh, <laughs> anywhere from 20 to 30 seconds. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, well, there, he asked me before about this. It was okay to talk about it. There's a, one chapter that kind of influenced a lot of chapters, uh, and it's the last 10 years or so. Okay. 
I did not want a chapter in my life. I got married later in life, and I didn't want a chapter of betrayal and cheating and ultimately divorce. Mm. Um, I also didn't want a chapter that uh, I lost almost everything and had to start over again. I didn't really didn't want a chapter ever in my life where circumstances um, dictated my identity, uh, which mm. then made me perceive myself as less than in a lot of ways. So that's my 20 seconds. That's wow. kind of heavy, but yeah. Jeez, Nick, that's awesome. I mean, it's awesome. Not that is all not <laughs> yeah. awesome. I just mean, yeah, that's just, you're just awesomely truthful. What are the, what's the, which one of those would you then take out of this room and say, this is the chapter that I'm going to write or the chapter that I am writing um, that is that you are authoring? So I would put those three things that you just described in the category of things that have happened to you. Don't marry an actress. No, I'm joking. Don't marry. <laughs> um, that's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. I'm at don't, fault too. The, <laughs> my, friend who makes, my friend who makes television says... Don't don't date anyone with a headshot. Exactly. Exactly. Anybody here have a headshot just so I show up? <laughs> yeah, it's like horribly. horribly <laughs> There's terrible. a group of us yeah, that yeah, actually have cool. a no headshot rule. Yeah, but so, no. But I think I took your headshot, so I don't yeah, know yeah, that exactly. that's. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all um, in trouble. It's a joke. It's a no, totally, a totally me, joke. Yeah. Um, if you have any issue with what was just said, Nick Cocos's email is <laughs> Nick Exactly. <Hag>. exactly. <laughs> um, I think they all kind of roll into the circumstances dictating identity. Yeah, right. So everything kind of rolled itself into one capsule of all of that started to create what my identity was or wasn't or what I thought it was. So this uh, is really helpful. So what would be the name of the chapter that you're writing now with that, chapter, the name with that the as your material for yeah, where the, you go? It might be more of a name of a book maybe, but it's, uh, you know, chapter. stability in the midst of, midst of circumstances. Awesome. How not to change. How not to change. Yeah. Keep going. Can you give us another title? I like um, that one. I think there's more in there. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking about this when you call. I, it, it's really about, maybe you can help me because you're the writer. It's really about I'm how. A, well, I'm just a guy with a headshot. I'm not technically, <laughs> exactly. I'm not really a writer yet. Yeah. How to, how to find, I mean, a how-to book, I guess, of how to find that centered stability foundation that no matter what the atmosphere is, whether you're the Martian on space or whether you're here on Earth, that the atmosphere f does not affect that inner core. It's awesome. How, how many people That's want to read title. what Nick writes? when that? Because here's the thing. Like, did you see like, even that first statement? And I called you like 47 minutes ago. So it's not, you haven't had a lot to think about it. But just in your first description to your second description, you're way more articulate about the sort of substance and texture of that. Yeah. Like That's what I would describe as like, we, we can take all these chapters that are in our life, and I bet if you, if you answered this question three or four more times, you'd get way more riveting about what that chapter is yeah. and how do you emerge from a loss of identity and loss of relationship and loss of those things that you held as stability, and how do you emerge from that stronger than when you entered those things? Like that, to me, that's the, that's the chapter that, that Nick gets to write now, yeah. where you, you're pulling from uh, unconscious you're pulling from information you already have that it feels like you won't come to an awareness of until later unless you sit down and you open up enough space to say, I'm going to actually blueprint what that looks for me to go from this point where I am to this point where I can go. Yeah. That's just awesome and beautiful. Thank you, Nick, Thanks. so much. Give Nick a round of applause. And the guys have the microphone just for fun. Anybody else want to share your, your chapter you didn't want? I want to give you an opportunity. Yes, ma'am. Colton's gonna come over here for the microphone, so we, so that those so my, that our crew listening in Australia knows who you are. Tell us your name. Um, my name's Chelsea. Chelsea, nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you guys too. Hi. Um, the You're chapter, very brave. You're going in the didn't want category. I know. Yeah, I feel like we could have gotten a lot of takers for the want category, but this is like the no, nah, I'd rather not. I just so you guys gonna lay it all out there. We're gonna start out with how brave you are. So um, the chapter I didn't want was um, social and professional loneliness. Of moving across the country so yeah hmm. <laughs> that was a biggie and um I how guess long since you how long have you moved three weeks ago wow. from miami wow yeah wow so, so that I'm chapter is just starting baby. actually yeah. um yeah it's been hard but um i think the chapter that i'm going to write is how i found how i landed like my first sundance feature from loneliness 
I don't know, just something along the lines of that, like finding my network and finding my people and doing what I want um, when I just moved out here knowing nobody in that realm, so. Yes, how many yeah. people want to read that, that Chelsea would write? Yeah, right. No, it's awesome. And I think you could even get, like, even if you, if you focused on that and you just go, okay, so now you have, in a way, there's a positive element to it that you have, you're, you're lonely, but you have no ties, yeah. right? So you're not, so some of us, anybody here burdened by a friendship that you've had for a long time, but you know it's holding you back? Anybody have those people? Like, you just, you're, you're stuck in that place. You sort of have a blank open canvas. So in a sense, what you're writing is you're writing your relationship, relational pioneering through Los Angeles, yeah. which is sure to be riddled with all the mistakes that everyone, <laughs> anybody making a lot of mistakes when you move to LA, trusted the wrong people, like everyone's like, oh man, it's coming. <laughs> but you have like such this a beautiful picture of that in front of you. So I love that active process because one of the other ways you could think about that is like, geez, LA is, people make decisions like that, that put themselves in that victim stance. The reason that we don't take active roles in the writing of these chapters is because it feels really, really good to be a victim. And I say that from personal experience. I love the victim hat. I could win an Oscar for my victimness <laughs> of relationships and things and like just the way that I just, so you know what I hear people say is LA is a hard place to make friends. That's a victim stance of a person who hasn't taken control of that chapter of their life and go, no, you can make friends wherever there are 20 million people in Southern California. <laughs> I'm going to guess, right? But you go, it's not the kind of friends or the ones or it's not, it doesn't yeah. fit in some space. So I love that you would take control of that and you'd go, this is how I'm going to write, how I actually got to the fruition of my wants, even through that lonely stuff and I emerged from that. Yeah. Awesome. Give it up for Chelsea. What a cool story. I'll say, so here's my ask, is that you would take one of those chapters that you didn't want in your life and that you'd actively write it and write it as a positive, write it as those words, take, taking full control of what those things are. I didn't want the have to reinvent your career chapter either. I didn't want the uh, interrupt your, the flow or the trajectory of your life career either, or, or, or your, your, the chapter either. I didn't want those chapters in my life that I thought, I didn't really want to fig figure out how to deal with a uh, lack of connection to human beings because I was afraid they'd all leave me because of the way I grew up chapter. I didn't want those chapters. What I did want was lots of other chapters that I just felt weird articulating. So what I'm gonna invite you to do is actually take this through a process. Commit in this room to go, this is the chapter I'm gonna write here. And maybe that means you discuss it with your wife. Maybe that means that you actually just speak it out loud and record it somewhere. But the second one is to write that chapter that you didn't want. Now, those are the chapters that are in as a part of your book. But if you mash up all the chapters and you writers in the room will realize this and you'll know this for sure, what I'm saying is that if you mash up all the chapters, sometimes they don't actually tell a cohesive story. If you sit down and you just write chapter by chapter by chapter, maybe there's not a cohesive narrative that all of that sits. So the third question that we have to wrestle with and ask is what story am I telling with my life? What story is my life communicating to my children? What story is my life communicating to people that I meet? What story is my life actually generating? What are people experiencing? And do we have that articulatable phrase that this is the story that my life is telling? Because some of us, we respond to things because that's good money or that's a good career move or she's beautiful or that's a great city or I love the weather there or I've always wanted to do this. And then at the end of our lives or even presently, currently in this room or listening to the sound of my voice, you might go, I have no idea what cohesive story my life tells. I'm made up of a bunch of these chapters that have sort of stacked together, but I'm not sure what story my life is telling. What we're going to do in this room is I'm going to give you just a couple of minutes and Reed is going to turn on that music again. And what I want you to do is I want you to write out, this is the story I want my life to tell. For me personally, my story that I want my life to tell is I wanna be a person who inspires human beings to their highest good. I want everything about my life, whether it's a book that I write or money that I make or jobs that I have or people that I serve or things that I do or places that I go or relationships that I have, I wanna inspire people to their highest good. So if I can leverage every single thing and if I can look back or even look forward or look right now at my life, I can look at everything and go, what am I doing in my life that gives me the capacity to inspire people to their highest good? And if it doesn't fit into that category, it has to go. Because life, especially the more talented and the more potent you become as a human being, the more opportunities will just come flooding into your life. So you have to ask yourself, what story are we telling as a married couple? 
What story are we telling as a family? What story do we want to tell in this time that we have on this planet, but the time that we have right now with the people that we love? Because people, what I find is that people kind of have a word for you. Have you ever noticed that? He's an actor. She's a writer. And you might be like, I'm working for that. Or uh, she's a coach. She's a producer. What they don't like is they don't like multiple words. Ever notice that? They don't like to be like, oh yeah, he does a lot, or they, or they just give up and they go, yeah, he does lots of things. I don't, even real, I don't even know, which is usually code for he's good at lots of stuff and we just, we can't capture it all. Or it's also code for he has no marketable skills, but we know we like him. <laughs> but the question is when people ask like, what's that word for you? What's the word that they'll describe you? What's the story of your life? Not the job that you had or the trips that you went on or the projects that you worked on. What story will your life tell? Turn to your to your phones and your neighbors, groups of three, what story would you say, if I could articulate it, I would want my story to be this. And I'm not talking about your epitaph when your great-grandchildren are talking about you and you go, my great-uncle Hank, which everybody seems to have one, my great-uncle Hank or my great-grandfather, boy, he was like this. I'm talking about you right here, right now, when you're not in the room. What story are you leaving with the people that you're with when you're engaging your life? This is just really uplifting conversations, isn't it? Okay, turn to your neighbors, turn to your phones, write them down. We'll give you a little bit more time. Read, cue it, here we go. Now as the room has this conversation, what story do you want to tell with your life? Just like the other two, if you can take a pause and take a breath and just ask yourself the question, what story? And you might have one where you go, well, that was too easy, that's too easy to come up with, or that's too shallow, or that's not enough. But take a deep breath and look at them and think, What would be two or three stories I want to tell? What is the story, the overall narrative of all of my chapters pieced together that I want to tell with my life? Write those down as we continue. Ready. How many people you found that harder than knowing what you want or what you didn't want in your life? We could have done a whole conversation about just What story are we telling with our life? For me, so much of what emerges for me is trying to figure out what, to me, it it makes me, I'm passionate about. So if you're here in the room and you could just go, man, I still haven't been able to articulate that, or I wasn't sure what to write down when it comes to the story I'm telling, what can you, and my friend told me this recently on one of my trips, is he said, what can you talk about endlessly in your life that other people want to hear about? Meaning, if you like boat engines, and you can talk endlessly about it, my guess is you will have people at a bar, at happy hour, just, just scatter from you if you go, you know what's crazy about the dual, like, I'm using boat engines is a ridiculous example. Finding something that people love to talk about that you enjoy in that space. What category is that in, in terms of the story that that impacts the world? Ask yourself, what do I just keep losing myself? Anytime that I can be in a space where I can move a person to their highest good, whether that's in a conversation or that's in a talk or writing or something or an email or a tweet or anything, I love it. I could never stop doing that. I loved being engaged with people who are doing that, who are making that thing possible. It's a thing that I could just keep doing, whether it paid me any money or was a resource or was ever, that was just what I would find a way to pull all the resources in my life to get to. So if you're here in the room and you go, hey, I think I figure out what the story I want to tell is, do you want to just raise your hand and I, can, and I can pick on some people if you don't raise your hand. But if you have that where you just go, hey, that's my thing. Tommy, oh, we got a microphone so that the world can hear us. Yes. I am Tommy. You got to um, stand up, dude. Here, okay. There you go. <laughs> Tommy's an excellent photographer, by the way. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. Anyone else you no, want no, to... No. Uh... <laughs> I, I want to be known as somebody who's like always choosing to see like the beauty in life and the good things. Um, I don't want to be known as like a cynic who just always has something negative to say. Or uh, there's there's so many neg- so much negativity going on in the world, and that's we can do something to change that. So like I I have a gift in visual arts, and I want to be able to use that to inspire people to use their gifts to chase their dreams. You know. Like, so being able to tap into what is unique to you to spread a message of like positive and love and just all that good stuff. Amazing. Give yeah. Tommy a round of applause. I'm for that. I'm for living in that world. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. I'm going to make you cross the room four times. She's going to stand up. That'll be your cue. 
Hi, my name is Melissa. Um, this one we were talking in our group, and I have it really clear. Ever since I was a little girl, um, I had never had somebody to look up to wanting to work in TV because I didn't look like anybody. Mm -hmm. um, my heart's racing. Woo. Um, so I've always wanted to be that person for little girls who, like me, didn't have anybody to look up to. In the sense, I wanted to work in TV. I wanted to win a beauty pageant. I wanted to be... Um, I don't know, a host, an actor. Um, Which we love actors, by the way. Can we yeah. give it up for actors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, I feel like um, we got off on a little weirdness yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've always been that one to like dare to take that risk. Yeah. And to like not let bullies or anybody else, like those people like you were saying, that maybe don't encourage that dream, but instead want to like hold you back from it because maybe they, they themselves don't think that they could achieve it, just to be that one, be that one that, you know, what if what if I do make it? Yeah, like, right. Who knows? You know, like, if J-Lo can, why can't I? Like, that has always been, like, you know, a way of thought. And just, to me, it's that. It's, it's being the risker, being the dreamer, being the one who dares to go after that dream. Awesome. Give it up for Melissa's... I like that. One more. I like these. Yes, ma'am. Lara. Hi, I'm Lara. Um, I, a couple of years ago, had this idea that um, I've been put on this earth to circulate and be an enabler of love. Um, I do it in my work as a storyteller and... Um, and choose stories very specifically in the hope that I'm sending out that message. And just as a human being, I hope my actions and my choices always reflect that. And so therefore I can just be a, a mirror to those who are feeling a lack of self-love or are struggling with relationships and love um, in general. That's awesome, I love that. Give it up for Lara's vision. That's amazing. Can you see how that might inform the other chapters? That if we take Laris, for example, of being a person who perpetuates love wherever she goes, when you have a chapter you didn't want coming into your life, you go, but the story I'm telling is that it's gonna perpetuate love. So I'm gonna write this story so it doesn't write me. And I'm gonna write this story so that I'm not in this weird place and go, how did I get there in some place? All of us, if you're here tonight and you're like, yeah, I don't really have any chapters I didn't want. Yeah, just keep living, okay? <laughs> My friend told me this yesterday. He said if a policeman followed you for 100 miles, he would, he would break a law, right? Yeah. At some point, when you, if you live long enough, you'll have chapters that you didn't want or didn't hope for. It's just part of being human. And it's how we respond to those things. And it all is going to start with those two laws. You have everything you already need. Say that with me. I have everything I already need. And you are more powerful than you realize. You have the capacity to embrace these chapters and go, this byline is gonna be from me and it's gonna be about how I emerged from it, how I, how I took it and I made it possible for something else, how I came out stronger, how I found my identity, how I found my people, how I found my tribe, how I took a deep breath and said, this is gonna be a part of my life. It's gonna be an active process. This process and this packaging of way of relating to the real world has changing my life. It's made me more thrilled and more excited about every category in my life that I actually have. Every category in my life I have a little note for on my Evernote. Anybody use Evernote? This is like a free plug for them. The, 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 I use my Evernote and I have it. And every time I have a thought, I sat down the other day and said, read this when you're discouraged. Because guess what? I was, like, I was like laying down on the ground discouraged with things, relationships, drama, all these things. And I just said, read this when you're discouraged. I wrote seven pages of things. I took a deep breath and I was like, that is awesome stuff. I need to, like, that I wish that I, had, that I had internalized and was there for me somehow. What I wanna ask you to do is commit with me in this room that you would take one chapter you want in your life and one chapter that you didn't want in your life and write both of them. Write them verbosely, write them passionately, write them so that people never see them or write them so that everybody sees it and post it on Facebook. Put it somewhere and go, here's how I emerged from this thing that I'm in right now. This is not a, hey, years ago this thing happened to me and I'm better now. Don't write that, that chapter that everybody rolls their eyes at and goes, yeah, but that happened to you. Write the one you're in the middle of the suck right now. The thing you're in the middle of right now so that you can go, here's how I kicked my drug habit. And when you post that on Facebook, everyone will be like, you have a drug habit? And that's how you embrace 
your truth of the reality of what you're facing and you, and you project it into your future. My hope is that we could live in a world, we could live in a place that you as a human being could be a person who you could drive and blueprint your future and your life and go, nothing happens to me that I can't lean into and go, oh, I can use this as material for the story that I'm writing with my life. You'd be a crazy person that would be unstoppable because something would happen to you and you'd get a smirk and go, this is gonna make an amazing chapter. And then people would go, what are you on? And do you have some that I can take? Because so much of what happens to us in this life and the people that we affect, what I wanna invite you to do is imagine that your life right here, right where you are, your relationships, your friendships, your future, your careers, your financial status, your children, all of it. They are all chapters in your life that we're writing. And when we take a big deep breath together, we get to a space where we can go, I can actually tell a whole story with all these things, whether it's material I didn't want or material I did. And all of us, we get to look back and go, I wrote this chapter. It didn't write me and I wasn't a passive passenger in this chapter. This is something I had control of the entire time. Would you do that with me? That would be amazing. And I wanna live in that world and that's how I wanna be a part of that. Now, there's a couple of, a couple of things that I wanna um, do before we leave. The first thing I wanna do is I wanna pray for your, all of your stories. Would that be okay? I'm gonna pray for all of your stories and pray for where those are going and how those are happening. And then if you're here tonight and you have like all, the, all of your answers, you have the chapters you want, you have the chapters you don't want, and you, have, you feel like you have your story, what we wanna do is there's a few people here. There's this guy named Joseph who's walking around. Yeah, he, Joseph is right there. Everybody look at Joseph. Joseph's gonna be standing over here at this door. If you're here and you'd go, hey, I'll tell my story to his little camera, we're gonna shoot like a little snippet video of people who have, who have the sort of categories of th this, that, and the other thing. So if you're here and you go, hey, I'll do it, and we'll make a little um, video of those things, and not a long form one, just something so that people can kind of capture and see um, what process we went through today, that'd be awesome. Just find Joseph before we leave. Does that make sense? Can I pray for you and then we can all um, hang out and have fun. And can we thank the bootleg one more time for having us? They, on this holiday weekend, they opened just for us. So they, there's not like other shows going on. It's, not, it's like a blackout weekend and they were like, yeah, you can come through. But it means that they had to get out of bed and that they had to stop, get off the beach and whatever else they were doing on this Labor Day weekend. So thank you guys so much for being here and thank you for being a part of this. Uh, there's another guy named Colton who produces this and he's the handsome white man with the good arms and he's back there in the corner, so thank you, Colton. Uh, there's another guy named Mason who's taking photographs. Mason, where are you? Can we thank Mason right there real quick? There are two guys in the sound booth, Terrace and Reed. Can we thank those guys? Because they came out also and they're amazing. And then Joseph, my man right here, is taking video. Can we thank Joseph for being here? Thank you guys so much for being here. You're extraordinary and amazing. And I'm so grateful that you're a part of this conversation and what we're doing. Let me say a prayer for us and then we'll leave. God, thank you so much for all the stories we get to live. We bizarrely take a deep breath and we thank you for the chapters we did not want because we know they're the materials to the story that we are telling with our lives. And so I pray for all the stories that this room holds. I pray that we would move from passive to powerful. And I pray that here in this room, as we embark on chapters we didn't plan on, that we would have a keen sense of where to go and what to do and who to reach out to, of that resource that's all around us. I pray for the marriages and the fathers and the mothers. I pray for the careers and the finances. I pray for the dreams and the visions and the blueprints that would emerge because of this conversation here in this place. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. You're awesome. Thank you for being here. You're amazing. Reed's gonna run some music and you can hang out here anytime you want. Thanks guys. Well, thank you for being a part of the next Typically Hazardous live recording, our ninth one this year. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this and I need to say this before we conclude. I can't tell you how much I enjoy opening up my email, how much I enjoy looking at Twitter and Instagram when people who listen, whose lives are affected in any way, shape or form by this podcast, by the work that we do and what it costs us to put on. If it affects your life in any small way, I love hearing from you. I love getting tweets and seeing Facebook messages and I love getting emails and I love, sometimes the emails are so uh, clear and intense and long and 
and give me a clarity of how what we're doing through the podcast and the so many people who volunteer, so many people who pay for things and donate things to make this possible and make it happen. I'm just so grateful to hear those things. So please don't hesitate to reach out, to email, to tweet, to send it to me. I love that stuff. Our team loves that stuff. And I share that always so that we can continually be inspired that if we're here in any way, shape or form to help you grow, to help you develop, to help you who are listening, um, be the best you you can be, man, I hope we get to hear those stories and we can hear that from you. I had an interesting conversation with someone after last night's podcast recording. She came up and she said, there, I've, had a sh- I've struggled to find places I can go if I want a better life. And I love be- coming here because that's what I get here. And I said, thank you so much for giving me language because that's what I want these conversations to be. I want them to be conversations that are fuel for people who just say, I want a better life. So if that's you and this has had any impact on you to have a better life, please tell me, let us know, communicate that to us. It's not annoying. It's not anything. It is only inspiring and it pushes us to do more and more. So thank you so much. Also, if you're here and you're listening and you have an app or you have a tweet and this has any impact on you, you like this podcast, you like anything, we love reviews and stars. It really, really helps. And so we'd love an email and a tweet. We'd love a review or a star. Just communicate back to us somehow if this podcast has had any positive impact on your life. Thanks so much. Again, a couple of things. October 3rd, we're doing another Typically Hazardous live recording. And then you can join our email list by texting 66866 and text the name Hank. You'll be on our email list. And November 11th, the baby ball is coming up. And I hope to see you there. Now go and live a Typically Hazardous 